Hello, hello out there, everybody. Another Faith Marketplace episode here. And today, I am really excited. We have Barbara Phillips. She is the economics program manager at Google, but also, which is really cool, she started the Inner Belief Network globally. Now, I know, hang on your, you know, your seatbelts here, because you're all going to get an education today about what's going on that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I am so thrilled to have you on today, Barbara. So welcome. Thank you, Bob. So good to be here. So listen, um, one of the things I, you know, to start with, you gave me a couple really interesting quotes and verses that have been really important to you in your life. Why don't you share those with our audience today? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, one of them would be First uh, Corinthians 12 um, by Apostle Paul. Um, and it just speaks about love. And the posture of that um, is by, if I speak in tongues of men, but don't, do not have love, um, only resounding. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not a lot that matters really without love. So 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 through 4, and then verse 10 really um, stands out. Uh, but when completeness comes, what is in, in part disappears. Essentially saying what we have in part, it's not completed by love. And so 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 through 4 in verse 8, and also Isaiah 40, 31 is one of the life quotes, life verses for me. Uh, For those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Uh, The word hope there and strength highlighted. uh, They will soar on wings like eagles or run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. So that one has been a life verse for me, Isaiah 40, 31. You, you gave me a couple of great life quotes. So why don't you share with the audience what those are, and then why are those important to you? Yeah, there's a life quote um, that I really that really st- stood out to me, um, and just over the years it's helped me. It's by an English author, William Gurnall. We fear men so much because we fear God so little, and. One fear causes another. When man's terror scares you, turn your thoughts to the wrath of God. And I know that's a really powerful Mm. quote, but it's something that I've noticed a trend, not just um, with Christians in tech, uh, but just in general uh, as believers. Sometimes fear can just really uh, slow things down. And so the Bible repeatedly talks about do not fear, right? Jesus, that was a big theme. And so what does it look like to not fear men? And lose the fear of men. And so that's been a quote that's um, not only helped me, but I think in the ministries that I've started and starting the Interbelief Network at Google, um, I noticed that sometimes fear tends to be cripples in with um, believers wanting to speak up or wanting to share their faith or start a ministry or start a, a prayer group. And so, yes, that quote, when we fear men so much because we fear God so little, um, and so turn your, it, it shifts perspective, turns your thoughts to the wrath, to the wrath of God okay. instead. And so that one really right. stood out. Um, let's let the audience know what three things do you want them to walk away with today out of our conversation? Yeah, uh, I would say uh, God starts moving the minute you lay down your life. That's a big takeaway. The joy of the Lord takes intentionality. I think most people have heard, the joy of the Lord is my strength, that verse. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I really believe that takes intentionality. It's a choice. So I, want, I, I hope folks walk away with that. 
key takeaway. And then prayer is powerful, not forgetting the power of prayer. Um, that's so foundational to everything that we do as believers. Yeah. Boy, do I know that. Holy smokes, man. I had a lot of prayer around me last year with a health hiccup, and man, oh, man. Uh, God brought it, I want to tell you. It was it was mighty. Um, well, let's let the audience know just exactly who Barbara Phillips is. Did you come out a bouncing baby Christian girl? <laughs> I did not. I... <laughs> actually began to fall in love with Jesus later in life, um, closer to 2012 when I was, gosh, um, later in college years. Uh, some would call the end of my rope is when I really turned to the Lord later in life. But prior to this, re- religion was part of my life. Um, my mom would go to church on some Sundays uh, to really help us get through some grueling times that came with immigrating into a new country. And As a young adult, I was passionate about many things, uh, including freedom and the idea of eternal promises that I knew the Bible offered, Uh, but the Holy Spirit didn't live inside me. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus when I was a young adult um, in high school. Uh, Yeah, I believe that God was real, but distant, faraway being that lived in the cosmos, uh, but maybe mm. one day would show up to judge me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the earlier thoughts of uh, Christianity and what, what that was. Catholicism was part of my Latino heritage. Uh, mm-hmm. So when my mom joined a Christian church back in the day in Orange County in the early 2000s, um, it really took my family by surprise to, to see her get engaged in that church. And it really everything changed from that point forward. Um, yeah, the, we start, she started going to a Spanish speaking church. It was different, very different than what I remember the, some of the Catholic churches that we went to with earlier prior to that. Um, there were no saint statues, no candles, just a very (laughs) different atmosphere and just a man from Argentina on a small stage with a pressing message of love. Um, an evangelist, Juan Carlos Ortiz was the with the evangelist that was there. Um, He actually led my mom to Christ and eventually my family to Christ. Um, And it made me happy to see my mom. I recall those difficult times, like I said, immigrating uh, into the United States. Um, And I just remember seeing my mom smile every time we walked into that church. And it just made those difficult years just really... um, really fade away for her. And I was, I was happy that she was happy. So early okay. years of, my, of, of the introduction to my faith was watching her journey, watching her fall in love with God. And again, it was religion for me. I was happy that she was, that this hope that she had found, she had found this joy in the midst of a lot of uncertainty uh, for those earlier years in my life. And so I was happy that she was happy. Um, okay. Later on, yeah, my family moved to the Inland Empire a few years later, and God continued to pursue me. He, I remember even sent a youth pastor to the skate park that I frequented <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I was a little bit rebellious in some ways. and uh, Yeah, God just does that, doesn't he? He just sends yep. out um, his, his sons and daughters to his missionaries, mission field, and that was a skate park for, for that year. Um, I accepted the invitation to join the youth group that the youth pastor invited me to, and I began to get connected. 
built some friendships. I got baptized in the Christian church that he invited me to. Um, but religion still remained part of my life. Uh, okay. Then later on, uh, when I was 23 years old, I suffered very tragic losses uh, that really crippled my my soul mm. and really stripped away the hope. Um, everything that I was putting my identity in was removed and I experienced some really dark, painful years. Uh, and I just reached the end of my rope at that point. I cried out to God and I said, if you're real, please show up because I'm done living. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I cried out to him. That was 2012. And I, yeah, he rescued me from, from that, the anxiety and depression that I was feeling after those losses. Um, really mm. lifted when I turned to him mm -hmm. and it was a turning point really when I laid that down and from that point forward I began to read my bible outside of church uh, for the first time really and his promises were really stood out to me showered me with grace um, through those losses and through the grieving okay and I put my my hope in him wow wow so you kind of got down that valley where you really came out of the valley that then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, I couldn't say because it's a path, right? It's a journey to really come to, to Christ. And uh, I certainly know that because I was in the desert for 36 years. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you might say it was a pretty hard case for a long time. But uh, once you cross over that line, there's no going back. You know, I mean, it's just uh, it becomes a party. And then each each day, week, year just gets to be better, right? Because you are, you know, you understand now that you do have that hope. You have some belief that you can hang on to in these tough times, and uh, and he's he's real, yeah. at least to me, he's been, and I know he has been to you, obviously, by the, what what has happened for you. Um, yeah, Bob, it's let's, a, it was a let's turn, turning point. It's a turning point from hearing about it to actually believing and stepping into it. Yeah, exactly. And that's a big switch for for everybody, you know, to, to get to that, you know, that kind of intellectual part of it to actually getting it to your heart, you know, because that's what he wants. He wants your heart. It's okay that you, you know about, you know, the, the scriptures and this thing and that thing, but he really wants your heart. And uh, so you can have all that head knowledge, but until you uh, give it up, you know, from the heart, then it, it's kind of tough. Are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter? that helps you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increase visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming now in the Chicagoland area and around the U.S., so please visit g7networking.com for details and search for a chapter near you. G7 is looking for well-connected leaders to, of integrity and purpose, looking for what's next. If this sounds like you, please reach out to us via website, again, g7networking.com, or if you're interested here in Chicago, just text me at 847-922-1498. Again, 
Bob Lambert, text me at 847-922-1498. You know, I told, I teased the the, the uh, audience that we're going to have some some really interesting things today to talk about. So um, let's shift this to um, Google. Okay, obviously a very large company, global in perspective, and not normally associated with being any center of faith, right? <laughs> so, and that's just, you know, what I'm speaking. I'm sure that others would have a different opinion of that. But generally speaking, I think that, you know, most of the communities are going to say, well, that's not the bastion of faith. So um, what you're doing at Google with the uh, well, let's ex- why don't you explain it to to the audience exactly what both roles are that you play because you're an economic program manager. What does that mean? And then uh, talk about the IBN. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my core role at Google is economics program manager, which is essentially managing projects for the economics team, and that goes. Uh, or, it's a threefold, really, um, team. It's uh, I call it small but mighty, small team. Okay. But, uh, really important work at Google from litigation, competition work to uh, forecasting and advising leadership at Google um, in the economics department. And so that's my core role. Um, and, yes, I did start um, the Inner Belief Network, which is an employee resource group. And I know many folks have never heard of what these resource groups are and they're uh, the purpose of them, and so I could just summarize it for you guys. Um, they really serve as diversity, equity, inclusion to create be- a culture of belonging possible in in the workplace. Um, and we have communities like this at Google, created by employees for employees, um, supported by the company. Um, mm. We have. Uh, 13 employee resource groups, I believe, currently, uh, with about 3,500-plus employee members across 50 different countries that Mm. create this culture of belonging across our communities um, at Google. And currently, our Inner Belief Network, the group that I started, uh, the ERG that I started, currently has 10,000-plus members, employee members all across the globe. And so that community has been my heart and passion for the last three to four years plus since I've been with Google, started in 2013. Um, so yeah. what was the inspiration for you starting this, Barbara, you know, the, to really to kind of dive into this? Because, you know, it's scary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get labeled. There's all kind of things that can go on with that. So what was, uh, other than God, of course, is <laughs> leading the, the charge there with you, but how did you really take that on and, and even, you know, decide to be, you know, be a part of that? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, when I started at Google in 2013, 2014, I, God highlighted many things for me. Um, one, there, we didn't have communities of faith that were included as part of this program in the company. Um, the employee resource group did not allow communities of faith to take part into this um, type of work uh, when I started at Google. And so the first thing that was highlighted to me was really that, that there were believers, there were people of faith in the company that were organically forming, meeting at lunch for prayer groups, um, mm. things like that, but they were not officially recognized by the company, even though they did exist. And so when I started in the company, I... I I met 
believers and just other communities of faith, other employees with different faith groups that wanted to bring their full selves to work, wanted to bring their faith to work um, as employees, as we were being encouraged to do so, um, but really felt that there was a gap. And so Mm -hmm. God highlighting that for me was one of the reasons I really wanted to step into this space and see if I could help, help remove some of the restrictions that were there um, that didn't allow communities of faith to play part in, in the research group communities um, and help remove those and really educate and work with our human resources teams, our people operations group to educate on the importance of our faith, that it's not just part of our lives. It's actually our identity is our main identity as employees um, who do have the various faith communities and not just for the employees, but this is much larger than just uh, internal community groups and lunch gatherings that this actually could help improve our products. And that's what we're seeing now. Some years later, we're actually advising as a group, as an internal organization, uh, we're advising and working with leadership to make sure that our products are inclusive to communities of faith um, internally and that our products are um, as we innovate and create are also taking into consideration communities of faith, not just, mm. not just, okay. yeah. For and that, have, have you, have you run into much resistance with that, Barbara? I'm assuming at the beginning you ran into a lot of resistance with that, didn't you? You know, that's a great question. Um, less than I thought, um, actually, huh? um, initially, uh, there were a few of us that did bring this uh, up to our teams, to the human resources groups, and we did get uh, their attention. Uh, but again, there was this gap. There was this gap of lack of education on 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 the importance of this. And I think the first few people I talked to, um, there needed to be more conversation. And so, to answer your question, yes, there was a bit of a journey, is how I'd like to frame it. Um, of really meeting with folks and and listening and also sharing about some of the experiences that employees had shared with me that maybe didn't share with with their teams and so it was a it was an opportunity and after some time of highlighting these important cases we definitely um, I was very surprised that Google did a great job by including us and eventually allowing us to have this employee resource group that was more official with their stamp of approval, if you may, um, to allow communities of faith to bring their full selves to work and and have a seat at the table uh, in mm. these employee resource group communities and their right. seat at the table and in the inclusivity uh, projects that are ongoing internally. And I know a lot of this is inside the company, so you don't hear about it much, but there is a lot going on inside. Um, that is actually really, really great to share. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Like I said, you know, uh, I've gotten a lot of people getting enlightened about what's going on in a lot of the tech companies. And you're at the tip of the spear there. And you've got a whole gaggle of folks out there that a lot of people don't know about. I've had the privilege and honor of interviewing quite a few of you. And uh, it's just exciting. I mean, I, I think this is on the backside of a pandemic where God is showing, is really showing up. And and uh, to your point, where I, I where the belief is there is that bringing your whole self to work, no matter you know what faith you are, whatever the case might be, has intrinsically got something there 
that every company can you know get behind from the standpoint of helping their employees and helping their workers be who they authentically are you know at work and when when that's recognized and that's brought forward and it's authorized uh, it changes i don't know you can share with me more how did it change things that work for you yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Bob. I mean, not only it's actually really smart for founders and company business owners to allow uh, certain groups and create, maintain the culture of trust and belonging. And that's something that is really big at Google. What does it look like to belong? Um, and belonging is something that, again, this this group really highlights part of that. Um, mm-hmm. And bringing yourself to work is is along the lines of what the company's values are and how they want to maintain the culture. So from employee retention to just, yeah, success in the various products, it can really help diversify um, what companies are doing. And yeah. that's what we're seeing at Google. That, and at that is terrific. Um, the other thing, too, is now how long, how long ago did, was this all this initiative started? You said there were people that were in pods and kind of groups and gathering informally. So when did the formality of this come around uh, that, they, that everything got recognized? Yes, we started in 2018 was the, the year that it was formalized. So we, we, okay. that was a launch date. And, um, but prior to that, we were at it with various other groups and organic initiatives and um, that was when I started in 2013, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. So you're, are you interfacing with any of those? You're interfacing with all, uh, all the groups, right? <clears throat> what's that look like and what's that done for you as far as elevating your knowledge of things and how people operate with their faith and so on and so forth? And then how's that integrated in across those communities? Yeah, great question. So to give a little bit more of a picture, paint a little bit more of a picture for the structure of the inner belief network of this internal organization of faith communities, we do have separate chapters underneath the one umbrella. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we have the Jewish group, we have the Christians, we have the Buddhists, Muslims, um, Buddhist chapter, and we have an interfaith chapter, again, all under the one umbrella organization. And it's really interesting um, and, and beautiful to see how our communities actually not only have shared some of the challenges that have, we've been able to come alongside and encourage one another in a space where faith and religion is not normally um, practiced or recognized or it wasn't in the past, but it's, it's sort of a new thing. And as that gap continues to bridge through education and bringing in allyship, um, it's been really beautiful to see some of these religious groups work together and we're not mixing religions here. We're not mixing faith groups, but there's a learning that happens that I think is really valuable um, to the employees, to the teams, to the work that's being done. Um, And so I've just seen some amazing uh, stories on uh, the Jewish working with the Christians group and maybe having an event together and what that looks like to learn from one another. Um, and just many examples like that that I've seen. That's great. I, I love this. And that's why I was curious, because I wanted to draw that about, about what you've learned out of that, what the experience has been, and drawing that. You know, as much as we think there's differences, there's a lot that brings us together, right, underneath that umbrella. Uh, and it's also about just being human. You know, being human, connecting on a human level. We're all, you know, 
We're all put in this planet for a reason, uh, you know, and we are human beings, not human doings. <laughs> so, you know, to have that, uh, I'm just thrilled. I'm excited. Faith Tech is another uh, yeah. great uh, organization that really helps create, not only with the networking and, and creating a space for that, but it really helps employees create with labs. They have these labs, they call them. Um, okay. Lab spaces where you can actually, as an employee in tech, if you're wondering what it looks like to bring your full self to work, and yes, we have these amazing communities that have a seat at the table, but what does it really look like to be a believer in the workplace? And so Faithic has these labs where you can actually practice uh, really bringing your tech skills and your the skills that God has given you and, and the giftings that God has given you and what you've learned in your career and bring that all together to a safe space where you can mm. really um, not only problem solve and do what you love doing, but also they have like hackathons and uh, they'll bring on problems and solutions and you sort of, yeah, it's a safe space to practice your faith and then you can bring that back to the workplace and and live that out with more confidence and boldness, knowing that you have this community that's uh, alongside you. Um, even though right. even though they might not be in the same office space as you or in a different city, um, you know that there's this community that comes together. And so that that's the beauty of a lot of this, um, Bob, is that even though we're a global community, we have 10,000 members. So the Google Christian Fellowship, we have 10,000 members. That's a Christian chapter. I'm sorry. We have 4,000 members of the Christian chapter under the Inner Belief Network. Okay. And so the beauty of it is, yeah, we have... We know of believers in Singapore, in London, in New York that are getting together weekly um, or more to pray, to engage, ah. to have lunches together. And that's just part of, of what we do with the Inner Belief Network. We also host Right. Speakers. And you give, like you said, you give them that safe space. You're giving them an opportunity to grow both in their faith, but also to see how that weaves into this thing we call work, right? And and also, you know, what can that look like when you can weave the two things together and be your whole self? Because I got to tell you, before I came to the Lord, I was about three different people. I was one person socially, somebody else at work, and then I was somebody else, you know, in in a community. And uh, it was exhausting. Now I'm one person, you know, and I can bring my whole self across with that. <clears throat> but also the fact, too, that I'm a little bit more of a unique position because I cross a lot of different areas, you know, in my career and also in what I do now. And what God has really gifted me with is to be a lot bolder about my faith, not to get in people's face, not to proselytize or any of that, but to step into it with, you know, just the slightest little thing. By way of example, just at lunch the other day, and I was with somebody that I didn't know where they stood with their faith, and I said to the, the uh, waiter, I said, uh, you know, we're going to pray for our meal. And I would just ask, is there something we could pray for you for? Well, it just so happened that this young man's mother was very ill. And I was watching a little bit of the reaction, you know, with my lunch mate. And he was, he was delighted, I would say, that, that we did that because it just brought something, you know, kind of unique. You don't get that at, at, at a lunch or a secular kind of an event, you know. Uh, and also this group that I'm heading up here in Chicago now, this is coming across the country like a freight train called G7 Networking, which now has been brought up underneath. Uh, if you look at the website, Faith Marketplace, and G7 is there. 
uh, and I'm I'm really excited about that. But we'd like to get California going. I can tell you that, Barbara. So <laughs> maybe you can start an initiative out there. Uh, but this is coming around businesses and in in their faith and growing them spiritually and their business and how Christians can come together, help each other build their businesses. You know? I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small and mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. Get out and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com, to see what I'm talking about. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. I encourage you to check them out at inboundstudio.studio. Again, that is inboundstudio.studio. About that you said that, um, particularly with what you're dealing with, is communities. And how how has that manifested itself as to the innovation or some of the things you brought forward to Google, how they can improve their, because you mentioned about improving their products. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us an example of what that might look like. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. So our mission for the Interbelief Network is to promote a diversity of beliefs, compassion, and mutual respect for all people at Google and in our products through service, education, mindfulness, to build a peaceful and knowledgeable world. So we we added that to our mission statement, uh, the products piece, because like I said, we began to see that not only forming these communities and there was so much value in, in, in bringing your full self to work and belonging and, and fulfilling those pieces and employee retention, that's a no-brainer for company leaders, but also in our products. And we have... Uh, within our inner belief network, we have a dedicated team um, that we call product inclusion. They focus mm. on ensuring that our products uh, keep in mind communities of faith and these other minority groups. What does it look like to keep in mind that as we build X app or um, X uh, program, what does it look like to consider communities of faith and the value that they bring as well from our user perspective? What kind of, uh, what kind of apps are they going to want to have? And so as we build our products and, and advise our, our leadership from this lens of religion and, and folks and our users that have that as an identity, um, it really is going to affect our products. And so we get to advise on that. And that's huge. And that's something we didn't really see that was going to happen as the, as the group was building, but it sort of evolved as we came together and realized, wait a minute, this is not just about community building and creating trust for our employees. It's so much bigger than that, and it's going to affect our products, and it's going to improve our products um, for our 6 billion-plus users around the world. Wow. Wow. So you've actually seen it manifest itself with that. And how's leadership looked at that as far as measuring and monitoring something like that, 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 that uh, type of innovation or those things that you bringing? Because, you know, there's metrics around everything. And yeah. certainly you being the economic group, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? 
I've learned I've learned a lot. There there has been a lot of aha moments uh, with some of the leaders that we've worked with. Again, it's bridging these gaps, Bob, that um, that need to happen really. And I believe in every space, not just in tech, but what does it look like as we bring our full selves to work, which that includes our faith. What, how does that affect the products and what you're building and how you're innovating? And to answer your question, we've had a lot of great uh, progress when it comes to the advisory that we provide. Um, and more recently in AI, the AI space, and what does it look like to, to, to help out in those departments? So lots coming. There's a lot of excitement actually around that. and. Um, and even some existing apps, like what does it look like to add a feature to a specific app that, that we've already had that actually helps our church communities or uh, communities of faith that are trying to gather and how helpful it's going to be. So that's yeah. again the product inclusion space um, that we stepped into when we were able to formalize this employee resource group, um, the Inner Belief Network inside the company. And it's really exciting, Bob. I think a lot is coming that I think folks are going to be really excited to see um, and would be surprised to see coming from a company in tech. Um, yeah, that's what I keep telling people, <laughs> you know, fasten your seatbelt because it's going to come. And I love what you're talking about, being able to have that lens that looks in to where there's gaps or where there's spaces that can, you know, bring things to a community or to a group of people that uh, wasn't thought of before, not, not really recognized. The, this homogeneity that goes on that, oh, everybody's the same and everybody's going to want the same things and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, I, you, you, excuse me if I misstep here, but Google owns YouTube, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I noticed that there is some things going on in YouTube now that I hadn't seen before. Is that one of the examples of this? YouTube is is really exciting as well. I mean, we hope to work with them more. Um, okay. And so we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But um, YouTube is definitely exciting to to take a look at. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like to that they're they're looking at you know things through different lens now. So I didn't know if you guys had some kind of an interface with that or if you were helping. Uh, on the advisory of some of the issue, some of the things, the initiatives, at least that I've seen recently, and we are, by the way, I think uh, our our uh, program specialist tells me that we now have a YouTube channel, <laughs> which we haven't had. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that that we're going to be out there on YouTube, and uh, and now that we know um, the Google community, or at least got some representation here, I know that we're just going to be blessed, you know, with Google for all the searches and everything else. That's going to be great. Um, yes, especially Gen Z, Gen Zers and future generations that are just looking at, you know, so involved in technology. I mean, that, that is the future. And what does it look like for as we continue to yeah, create new products and innovate for future generations um, to make sure that that everybody's included, that we don't leave anybody out. And so I'm really proud to be working at Google and to see the steps that they've taken, these large steps that they've taken and helping bridge the gaps in these spaces and ensure that everybody's included. So I'm super thankful for that. And also, I just wanted to mention um, kind of the other side of this, not just in the workplace, but I hope that one of the problems that we can help solve is also um, 
in some of the church communities, um, bridging the gap. Um, I know a lot of organizations and communities have employees that work in tech, but maybe don't know how to place them in their church or um, how to make sure that their skills are used or maximized or they can really partner with communities that are in tech. And so this is just a quick shout out to the churches that may be listening or church leaders um, that there is an opportunity in working with communities in tech and specifically maybe your membership that is already skilled in these areas. Um, and so just there's a stat that I always remember. It's I think it was the Barna guys in 2018. Only half of unchurched, uh, I'm sorry, only half of churched adults feel the church supports them in their career. Mm, yeah. Yeah, 53% say their church helps them understand how they live out their faith in the workplace. And so yeah. I think we can increase that number. We can we can hopefully help increase that number. And I just wanted to mention that that only half of church adults really feel that their church supports them in their career. So I wonder if there's there's room for improvement there. Yeah. Like yeah, that's great, you know, because you're right. And I always refer to Billy Graham with uh, one of his futuristic views. He said, you know, the next revival in this country is going to be in the marketplace, not in the four walls of churches. And I think we're at that tipping point right now. At least that's what my belief is. The other thing, too, as you know, churches are struggling to bring younger believers in. Uh, is church relevant today as far as a building, you know, and, and what's that about? I know there's a lot of things that in the uh, pastoral communities and everything else are struggling with this, you know, because there's churches that are declining. There's other churches that are flourishing. Um, Life Church, you know, Greg Greshel's church, you know, what he did during the pandemic and helping people with the technology to be able to help their churches get out to their, their uh, congregation during that was phenomenal. And, and, and it also demonstrates that when people come together, just like what you're talking about, some amazing things can happen, you know, and uh, with, with God's grace and his, you know, and the prayer, to your point, prayer, lots of prayer, uh, things can happen, you know. And mm-hmm. so, uh, like you, and I love your smile because you are, you know, you're the epitome of this. And uh, the fact that I'm energized in hearing your story and what's moving forward to Google in just a very short period of time. You know, this hasn't been going on for decades here. This is pretty new. And, and, um, and that's encouraging, particularly that tech is leading the way, I believe, with a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. And certainly uh, when I interviewed Henry Kastner, he said that the center of modern Christianity today is in Silicon Valley. You know, I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. You know, uh, that was really great. And he was pretty bold about it, too. So I am so excited about this uh, today. And I was just I've been waiting to get you on because I knew you're going to bring it, you know, and helping people out there understand that there's a lot of hope, a lot of encouragement. Uh, let me just step into something here quickly because I want to. You have some pretty good words of wisdom, particularly with the journey God had you on. So, what words of wisdom would you have uh, given to your younger self? Mm. That's a great question, Bob. I would have to say, uh, guard your heart above all else, which is I've learned that from the Bible. Trust in your Creator with all of your heart. So there's an increase of trust, and that takes time. So give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the grace that God gives us. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend that because it's so right. much of it. And so really taking the time to receive 
to learn to receive if you don't know how to receive, to accept it, to really let it sink in, because that brings freedom. When you're able to receive the grace of God, it really brings freedom to, to do the rest. Um, and read your Bible. I think again, <laughs> for many years in my earlier, when I first heard earlier, um, when I first heard about God, it was a very religious, um, cultural right. thing, uh, but not, unfortunately, wasn't reading the Bible and really learning directly from the source, if you may. Um, right. I would hear people talk about it. I would, I believed it in some ways, but I wasn't really living it out. So yeah, read your Bible. It would be my word of wisdom to my previous self. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah. and I want to share what you shared with me. What was uh, really kind of amazing, cool, and refreshing that you shared with me about uh, what you are. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> what you, you, you we talked, you know, in, in the in the in the interview question, it was about amazing, cool, and interesting things. So you shared mm -hmm. something I thought was pretty pretty. I, I thought was really cool. You are a what? <laughs> I am a romantic. Ah, I'm a huge romantic. Um, okay. Yes, I stop and smell the roses every time. You gotta I do love it. You gotta it. take the time. Yeah. Um, to. I mean, God, that's one way God reveals himself, right? Through the beauty of nature, through the beauty mm. of his creation. And we should really be stopping to acknowledge and take that all in. It's so Big time. We just had a, well. had a conversation at about the, today, uh, you know, is to really taking the time to observe, you know, just to observe the heavens and what's going on. And, and, and it's just amazing when you're there. Um, I rode across, uh, took a motorcycle across all of Canada in the Western United States back uh, when I was a lot younger, <laughs> and and on about uh, about over a four year period of time, and I have to tell you, when you're laying out under the stars up in Canada, I mean seriously, if you think that that just happened through some mortal soup or something, I'm sorry, that's not what I saw. I mean, just you know because. You weren't around a city, didn't have a lot of lights, and man, oh man, the sky just lit up, and it was phenomenal. It really was. Wow. So it was a great experience. Hey, well, listen, um, I know that we talked about, uh, you know, maybe chewing on some kind of a subject. Is there something that comes to mind that you kind of like to round table a little bit here for a couple minutes? Yeah, thank you, Bob. I think just providing a hope for some of the folks listening that may be facing some challenges in their business or in their life. Um, some of the things that helped me uh, over the years, uh, I'd love to just chew on those for, for a little okay. bit. Um, learning to walk by faith was is definitely one of them. Um, I know through the pain and difficulty, sometimes um, learning to walk by faith, not by sight. I think that's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Um, has been really helpful and applying that to the workplace it really takes a step of faith sometimes um, yeah asking yourself what does it look like to take a step of faith in this situation in the workplace in the middle of a meeting or um, in this project that I've been assigned uh, what does it look like to bring God into this and invite him into the space and so that is that takes faith uh, yeah, it takes faith and also courage, I would say, Barbara, because a lot of people want to hide their faith in their basket. Here, and you hit it on the head when you quoted Barna. 
People don't feel like they're getting equipped to church to, for work, and that's absolutely true. Most pastors, and this is not a bad comment I'm going to make, they, they, you know, and you recognize it too, they don't really equip the congregation as that, you know, work is ministry. You know, and, and how can you address that without being overtly in somebody's face and what everybody characterizes Christians as, right? You know, the cray-cray Christian. And what, you know, because they're showing up, 90% of congregation got to go work on morning, and they're leaving Jesus in the car, you know? And that's one of the things that we talk about on here. And, and to bring your whole self is really exciting for me that you're in an environment where you can do that. You're encouraged to do that. There's not a lot of environments like that. I think we're, thank God we're getting this movement across the country, but I think it's fear. People, most Christians fear that they're going to get labeled or they're going to get castigated or in some way, you know, that they're going to be put down. It's just the opposite of that. It really is. When you get a little bit of courage and you don't have to, you have to script anything. It's just like, hey, you know, uh, talking to a coworker, what, I, you know, man, I was at church this weekend and boy, they, the, the pastor brought something up like this and man, did that hit me like a brick. Or, you know, I have a sick relative and we've been praying for him and all of a sudden, miraculously, they, they've gotten better, you know, kind of thing. Just yeah. those kind of conversations leading into something like that. Uh, recently, actually for about the last year, um, I've been, and you've probably saw it in the communications, you know, God morning, you know, or have a blessed day or have a blessed weekend, you know. Uh, it's just those little hints, those little things that you could put out there of encouragement. One of the other things I've taken too, and it might be a, a good one that you uh, can recognize too, is I, uh, when I hear people has a challenge or something like that, don't know what their faith background is, I ask them if I can pray for them, Okay. And I used to just go away and pray for them. Now I stop and pray for them right there. Not a lengthy, drawn-out prayer, but I'll pray for them right there. What I can tell you is nobody's ever refused me. Mm. Nobody's ever refused me to pray for them. Now, maybe they're hedging their bet and going, well, it can't hurt, right? <laughs> but at least the fact that I'm making that attempt, I'm making that uh, introduction at that point. So Yeah. And there are opportunities like that at work, right? And sometimes, yep. you know, we're not proselytizing. We're not, um, you know, standing up in the middle of a lunch room and, you know, handing out Bibles or anything. But um, there are times I've had many, many, I have many situations where maybe uh, would folks learn about my faith. And some are already believers. Some are familiar with religion. Some are not. And they ask me, hey, I know you pray or I've heard you pray and I'm going through this thing and they'll schedule time on my calendar. Like, Hey, can we grab coffee? Can we grab lunch? And sometimes I get to, I get the privilege and honor really to pray with folks who might be going through something or who would just have general questions. Uh, I had um, a member from the Buddhist chapter reach out and he just was so curious about Jesus. And so we had some conversations about Jesus and that was, amazing i mean that's just an opportunity that you wouldn't get that that you only get in the workplace right or at least with with these groups that are ongoing having somebody just say hey i have a question about this and i'd like to inquire um and there's this trust that is built again with the cultures that we the culture in the workplace that has been built and um what we call okay. Googliness. Uh, so that's been really nice to have this like. That's trust awesome. How can pe- <clears throat> Barbara, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested? And then also, you have something that you wanted to share with them a link uh, to get to the IBN. Yes. Uh, you can reach out uh, to my LinkedIn account. 
if you're interested in connecting, that is uh, open. And yeah, we have a belonging page that we're working on externally. So hopefully we'll get more information externally there. But we currently, unfortunately, don't have... Um, oh, we have the YouTube video. Uh, okay. We have a YouTube video that kind of gives you a summary of the Inner Belief Network. Um, you can check that out and reach out to me if you have any questions on via my LinkedIn account. Feel free to connect. Love to I connect. love that. I love it. Well, Barbara, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Uh, I think that you brought a lot of inspiration and hope, you know, for our audience today as to what's going on in a big tech company, how you've been able to initiate some just phenomenal results. And I love the part about how you're contributing with innovation around the products, you know, and looking through a different lens. I think that is just outstanding. So, again, thank you. And, again, folks, we're going to have another podcast next week. Uh, stay tuned. Get out there at faithmarketplace.com. Check out our podcast channels. we got everything out there for almost a decade up there. So uh, for every, any kind of flavor or interest that you have, I'm sure you're going to find somebody that we've interviewed. So we'll be back here again next week. Thank you.